Welcome back, everyone, once again to another episode of Red Pill News. I hope you're having a lovely day. As always, my name is Zach Payne, the Corruption Detector, and today I have yet another episode, which is a lost interview from my time at the Moment of Truth, Mike Lindell Summit from Missouri, several months back. I met a man there by the name of Thad Snyder. Thad is just a regular guy who happened to notice that in the 2020 election, they had some very anomalous numbers. They had, first of all, 100% voter registration rate, and they had a turnout of 77%. Now, those two things are just statistically out side the norm. Not the kind of thing you would normally see. So, being a curious fellow, Thad started looking into it, and he's actually had quite some success in getting people to pay attention. And we also have an update. I spoke with Thad yesterday about what's happened since we spoke at the Moment of Truth. So please do me a favor. Sit back, relax, grab your popcorn. I think this is an excellent story because it encapsulates what you, as just a regular American, can do to try to bring justice and election integrity to your hometown. Welcome back, everyone, once again to another special episode of Red Pill News. I am here still live at the Moment of Truth Summit in uh, Springfield, Missouri. And we is that where we are? That's where we are. <laughs> I'm, I'm always a little confused. Anyways, I'm here with Thad Snyder. He is uh, from Kansas. He's one of the speakers here at the event. Uh, how are you doing today, buddy? What's I'm, going on? I'm doing very well. This has been a great weekend. I appreciate you inviting me up. Absolutely. It's my pleasure to have you. So tell us. Why did Mike Lindell in the event ask you to come speak on behalf of Kansas? So I've been into this movement since 2020. We had some anomalies in Kansas. We had 100% registration in our county and a 77% turnout, which are obviously anomalous. They're outside the standard deviations of what you would expect because 70 and 61 are kind of your nationwide averages for those. So that was my first tip off. And then I started trying to get the data and things like that. And my county was really fighting me hard on giving me stuff that I should have access to. And it started with the Dropbox videos. And so when I filed a CORA request, the Kansas Open Records Act request, they told me that I couldn't have it because it would compromise water power and cybersecurity secrets in the county. And I was like, well, how's that possible? Because there are just cameras outside of a library. I can see everything from the street that I can see from that camera. Right. And so they basically kind of hide behind this cybersecurity thing to prevent us from getting cast vote records, uh, ballot transfer forms, things like that. So the other thing is in Kansas statute, it's basically like, okay, well, once the election materials are sealed up, only a judge can unseal them. So they hide behind that too. Fast forward to 2021, I filed my CORA request during the election for the ballot transfer forms, and they actually gave them to me. I got 113 ballot transfer forms for about 6,694 ballots. Out of 113, none had the necessary four signatures for transfer. There's supposed to be two at the pickup and two at the drop-off. Some of them had one. Right. So if you have a contract and you only have one signature, it's not a valid contract. So there was there was literally no chain of custody for 7000 ballots out of 110,000 casts. And they certified the election anyway. Was that enough to sway the election? Yes, it was determinative in every race. None of those ballots should have counted because they didn't have proper chain of custody and they certified anyway. This was brought to the attention of every statutory authority, our county commissioners, and they just continue to ignore this. Right. Um, it, it may surprise people to learn that Kansas is kind of like diet Georgia. Right. We're just ran by Ryan. Knows. It's it's uh, kind of a uniparty thing. They're very much corporatists. Um, we just signed a, a secret deal for a one billion dollar uh, tax incentive for Panasonic to come in and build a battery factory in Johnson County. Okay. So we're going to pay a foreign company to come in and build batteries in our county. And that was done in secret by the Senate. And the only reason we know about it is because it's such a big deal. It's hard to hide. But they all signed NDAs. And sign that against our will. So there's a lot of stuff that goes on in Kansas that's kind of alarming. Most recently, 
everyone's probably heard of value them both. It was the constitutional amendment that Kansas was voting on this time. Uh, in 2019, the Kansas Supreme Court, which is wholly liberal, 6-1, uh, voted that um, abortion is a right in the Kansas Constitution, even though wow. it, doesn't, it doesn't appear in the Constitution. So the legislature came up with this bill called Value Them Both. It passed and it put it put it on the ballot, and it was basically yes, no. It was worded very strangely. It was there was a lot of money that came in from out of state. I know Steven Spielberg, you know, <laughs> donated against it. You know, people like that had no earthly business being in Kansas politics were, were rallying against it. So anyway. <clears throat> On election night for the primary on August 2nd, uh, we had people watching everything, right? Everyone does now. We know what to look for. And so the Edison data showed 42 down votes in our election that night. And one of our counties, Butler County, had a complete zero out of the system. So they went all the way to zero for every single one of their races. And then we had 42 instances where down votes were happening throughout. So there was some suspicion there. And then there was a county called Cherokee County, Kansas, that had votes flipped. So we, they hire a third-party company that administers their elections and programs the thumb drives that go in the tabulators. When they put the thumb drive in the tabulator, it flipped the votes. And the only reason they caught that is because they did a hand recount of the paper ballots that come from the machines, the VPATs, the Ver- Voter Verified Audit Paper Trail. In statute in Kansas for the post-election audit, for anybody from Kansas, you can look this up. It's KS25-3009. And it says you have to use the paper ballots to do a recount, okay? I decided because of all the anomalies I was seeing, I would participate in the post-election audit. What we were presented was photocopies of digital images of the ballots, which is against statute. You know what's so ironic? This is exactly what just happened in Colorado. Yeah. Yeah. So it's identical. It's identical. Yeah. Well, and and Gateway Pundit had that article last week where they showed that you can change the images, that there's an algorithm that can just change the images. And that's why the the voter verified ballot is so important because it bifurcates the system. Otherwise, you're just using the tabulator to check the tabulator and you're never going to know if there was a discrepancy. Right. It's it's like a stack of counterfeit $100 bills. If you're only counting how many bills are in that stack, it doesn't really matter because it's not money. It's just 100 counterfeit bills. Well, the line of the weekend that I heard, I can't remember what state she was from, but she said, if you put a counterfeit dollar bill in a vending machine, it rejects it. If you put a counterfeit vote in a tabulator, it doesn't. So our vending machines are more secure than our voting machines. (laughs) That's true. That's true. That's the absolute easiest, most digestible way to explain what's going on with these voting machines. So anyway, I participate in the audit. I sign off on my tally sheet. Well, the people that we got our stack from were nine votes different. And so then when we did it, we were we were nine votes off. And so they came back like 20 minutes later and they were like, oh, you're good. Yours matched the tabulator. And I was like, well, that's a big deal. Like they got nine votes different than we did. Anyway, so then I start reading the statute and come to find out we were supposed to use the paper ballots. And so I, I reached out to my county commissioners and said, I don't want my name on that anymore. I don't want to be a party to fraud. And then the secretary of state came back, their attorney did, and said, well, we passed a rule in 2019. It's called KAR 7-47-1 that allows for the digital images to be used in a post-election audit. Now, they did an end round on the legislature. They did some, they operated some bureaucratic mechanism that nobody was paying attention to to promulgate this into law. And they said, this is what allows us to use the digital image. But there's a big problem with it. Look it up. KAR 7-47-1. The very first line says you cannot use the digital image for mail ballot elections or constitutional amendments. So every post-election audit in Kansas that was just conducted that used the digital images was illegal. 
And how many did they do? Because I haven't even heard about audits in Kansas. Well, so we, we have post-election audits that are required by statute. So okay. they have to do 1% of all precincts in all counties that are drawn randomly. And value them both had to be done in every single one because it was the only constitutional amendment. So there was no randomness to it. Yeah. The other problem with the rule that they promulgated is it creates an equal protections violation of the Constitution because it treats two parts of the ballot differently. You can audit this one with digital images, but you can't audit this one with digital images. And so if that's the case, which I think it is, then KAR doesn't apply, right? It's unconstitutional, which takes us back to the KS25-3009, which says paper ballots, which means every audit was illegal and unconstitutional no matter how they slice it. And I can prove that, and they won't do anything about it. It's frustrating. So what's the next move? I mean, could you as a citizen file a case? Yeah, so I've met some people here who are doing some pro, pro se litigation. Yeah. Obviously, it's very difficult to find attorneys who are willing to represent us in this movement just because they're afraid of getting in trouble or losing their license or being sanctioned or whatever. But, you know, I think there is grounds. I think they're standing. I think this is a class action civil rights lawsuit. I think, you know, 1983 Civil Rights Act has a provision called the deprivation of rights under the color of the law. Mm-hmm. And they're saying that no, this is the law, so we can do this, but they're depriving us of our rights. So fast forward to a couple days after that, one of the gals here paid, raised the money to do a hand recount of the value of them both amendment. And in every single recount so far, there's been discrepancies. Not enough to flip the vote, but there's discrepancies, which is a problem. So in my county, there was a 54-vote difference. That's 54 individual civil rights violations because our county commissioners really rushed through that certification process prior to the recount. Instead of just letting it happen, and now they're having to recertify. So they certified a fraudulent election knowingly. I told them that. And I asked them six times to change my tally sheet prior to them certifying, and they wouldn't respond to me. So I think you're absolutely right. A, a class action seems to be the most logical thing. Uh, do you have like a group that you've set up there in Kansas? I mean, do you have uh, like a, a grassroots a number of people that you're putting together? Yeah, so Kansas is kind of different than the other states where we didn't have any infrastructure for this. We had no voter integrity groups. Everyone thought, oh, we're Kansas. We're red. We're fine. But, you know, after the 2020 results, so to give you perspective, in Johnson County, Donald Trump carried the county by 2.5% in 2016. Joe Biden carried the county by 8.5% in 2020. So an 11-point swing. And and we had 195,000 registered Republicans and 138,000 Democrats. But somehow Joe Biden pulled an 11-point swing in four years with the most popular incumbent president we've had in history. Right. So it didn't make sense from that perspective. And the other thing that was kind of funny was we had 67,000 more votes from 2016 to 2020, and 85% of them went to Joe Biden. And that was the first year we had drop boxes. We got $856,000 in CTCL money, the Zucker bucks. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of things that just changed. And, and again, we're talking about anomalies here, statistical anomalies. But It's the perfect storm, though. I mean, it's the same story in so many different places. You, if you were to take out those brand new instances uh, of, of making fraud possible, then I'm certain you would see very different results. Well, and that was the thing that was kind of funny about watching all 50 states yesterday is we all have the same exact problems. This isn't a novel thing. This is obviously systemic. This is obviously something that has happened over time. You know, I think what 2020 did is we stress test the system so much that we were able to see where it's bursting at the seams. And now all of us are educated on this. So, no, we don't have a central node here in Kansas, but that's what we're kind of working towards. It's mainly a bunch of little groups that kind of collaborate, but mainly through Telegram and things like that.
Well, Thad, uh, tell everybody where they can find you, where they can uh, get in touch with you if they do want to organize. The only place I'm on is Truth Social or Telegram. I don't have a web page. I don't do any self-promotion. When I set out to do this, I told myself I don't want to get paid for it. I'm not running for office. I literally just want to help my country. So, Well, you know, unfortunately, sometimes the people who don't want to run for office are the ones who should. <laughs> Yeah, it seems to be the it seems to be the That's case. The but here, I would imagine. we got to fix the voting system first. That way, we can make sure the right people get in. Well, we can get you into office, then perhaps we can get it fixed. Obviously, a lot of work to do, but that should not allow you to be discouraged. We need to get involved. Every single one of us has to have an active part to play in this. And I was just saying with the last people there from Florida, they've done some incredible organizing. And I was wondering if maybe I could perhaps I can put you guys in touch because they're kind of. Uh, implementing their network nationwide. But, uh, you know, I mean, all all we need is uh, every single person, just give us 20 minutes a day, give a couple hours a week, and we can probably make a huge difference, and they're proof positive for it. Exactly. If everybody spent a little bit of time every week calling their commissioners or their elections director and demanding answers... That would build up, right? We have to keep the pressure on these people to let them know that we're watching them or they're going to keep doing it. But when you when they know they have eyes on, they're more likely to toe the line. And they haven't had to do that before. And now they're getting called to the carpet for it, which I think is great. And I'm really happy to see everyone here pushing for that. Yeah. All right. Well, Thad, thank you once again for being exactly. here, brother. I appreciate you coming up to me. All right. Hopefully you enjoyed that interview with my good friend Thad Snyder here, uh, the representative for the state of Kansas at uh, Mike Lindell's Moment of Truth. Uh, Thad and I are back together on this Zoom call because he's had some interesting developments in his uh, in his county, in his state. And I wanted him to uh, bring that info to the audience. Now, Thad, I just want to say this. One of the reasons that I really loved the conversation we had uh, back in Missouri uh, is because I think that you are an, an excellent representation of what happens when somebody actually does get activated and, and starts uh, working in their local community to try to affect some change. You know, it doesn't take any, uh, you know, mental or emotional capital, really, for people to just sit on the couch and complain about the way things are. I mean, the real barometer, if you will, is whether or not people are willing to get out of their chair, off of their couch, and get out there into the community and do something that truly makes a difference. Yep. And that's a, that's a very good point. I've kind of seen that even at the local level here. So one of the big things that we've had happen recently here in Kansas is that we took back over the Kansas GOP. Um, We had a guy who ran for secretary of state. His name was Mike Brown. He was part of Jim Marchant's uh, coalition of secretaries of state that were running on an America first agenda who were going to push for the removal of machines, hand count, paper ballots, all the things that we wanted to see. Well, all of those candidates, except one, ended up losing mm-hmm. either in the primary or in the general. But what now what we've seen is like Mike, who ran for Secretary of State, but lost in the primary, is now our chair. And then up in Michigan, Christina Caramo, same yep. thing. She overtook the GOP up there. And so at a grassroots level, we've started to affect change. And it started here locally. I'm from Johnson County, Kansas. And you know, we have Connect, which was the poll chief software. Yep. And I can kind of get into that a little bit. But what I wanted to bring up about it was I think I think those types of things as they started to come out really started to wake people up to the fact that you do have to get off the stump. You can't just sit there and tweet things or repost things and expect something to happen from it. You really do have to get involved. And we did that. And we got our local slate of Patriot electors. Uh, for our district elected. And then uh, we were able to move up into the Kansas state of 
um, elector. So I'm a third district delegate and I'm also a third, uh, I'm also a state delegate for the GOP. So I got to vote for Mike for the GOP and we won narrowly. We won 90 to 88. It was very close, uh, vote, but Mike did get in. And that is an example, you know, for anybody watching this, you know, it was a two year process. So don't get frustrated yeah. how long things are going to take. You know, this has been happening for 50 or a hundred years where our government has just been corrupted and, and, you know, get, to get rid of this level of waste, fraud, and abuse is going to take a concerted effort over time, kind of like the Colorado River digging out the Grand Canyon. It didn't happen overnight, but look what it did. Yeah, well, that's an excellent analogy. Yeah, and, and I think that a lot of people just take that that timeline for granted. You know, I mean, they see yeah. something they want changed. They get angry about it. They want it to change right now. And when they don't see it change immediately, then they oftentimes just throw their hands up and walk away and say, oh, there's there's nothing that can be done. But I have tried to drill this into the heads of the audience for the longest time. You know, we, we didn't lose America overnight and we didn't even lose it in our lifetime uh, for most of these people that are watching. You know, I mean, we're talking about a process that took place over centuries since the inception of this nation. There were forces that were working to subvert it, that were working to control it and to turn us into slaves. And gradually over time, they implemented little policy changes. They implemented changes to our laws, our constitution to the the uh, way that the federal government was structured, and they made it more layered and bureaucratic so that it could be easier for them to control every single one of us. And then at the same time, they're shoving mindless entertainment and internet drivel down our throats, making sure that we are focused on anything but what needs to be done. So you you guys actually used the precinct strategy in a number yeah. of different areas of your state. I love to hear about that. I have been telling people the precinct strategy is the way to go because you know a lot of people that have pushed back on it have suggested, well, you know, what are you what are you going to do? You're you're a local delegate. You know, what is that? Well, you have the power to determine what candidates are going to be able to move forward in the Republican Party. Isn't that true? That's absolutely true. And so to give everybody here an example of how of how this works is, you know, we filled up precinct spots in Johnson County. And then when we had our um, vote for uh, county leadership, our Patriot slate of precinct committee people voted in our new slate of Patriot, um, the Patriot slate two to one. And nice. that was a huge shift because anyone who doesn't know, uh, Kansas is a red state, but mm -hmm. we're kind of like diet Georgia. Yeah. where all of our politicians are Republican in name only. They truly do not have conservative values. They are Bush era, Chamber of Commerce, Country Club Republicans mm. who really don't understand the people that they represent, nor do they care to. And I'm speaking from experience there. And there are some decent politicians at the state and local levels you know, with which we've been able to partner and help move the needle. But for the most part, I will say that it's probably more ignorance than uh, nefariousness on the part right. of these politicians. They don't know what they don't know. If you think about the people that you know in your life who maybe just aren't as uh, awakened as you are to what is going on, they're not bad people. They're not evil people. And that was something that I thought when I got into this, that everyone was just evil. No, yeah. they're ignorant. And I've looked at it as my job to educate them, you know, because I look at ignorance as the lack of knowledge and stupidity as the it misuse is. of knowledge. There you go. And that's what we're facing. And for these politicians, especially at the state level, where the legislature is supposed to have plenary power over elections, they have no idea how our electoral, electoral process works. It's too convoluted. It's too complicated. And as you mentioned, that bureaucratic or that bureaucratic layering 
of confusion is purposeful so that you can't even know what questions to ask next. You ask one, then you get a response from some sort of authoritative source like the Secretary of State says, no, everything's fine. Mm-hmm. Right. I've already vetted the machines. They're fine. You don't need to look into them any further. Well, have you ever seen the source code? No, no, no. <laughs> nobody in the state of Kansas at any level has ever seen the source codes for the machines that tabulate our votes. And nobody even thinks that's a bad thing. They just automatically default to trust. And that's not OK. It's not OK to, to default trust your government. And it's certainly not OK to default trust for-profit companies. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that's really scary here in Kansas is our Secretary of State is actually the president of the National Association of Secretaries of State. They're the ones that came out after 2020, after Maricopa initiated their audit and said, we're not going to do that in our states, right? We're not going to go in depth and look into the electoral process to make sure it's accurate. There were 48 Secretaries of State that signed on to that. That's a scary prospect. They're- and who are the, who's the biggest donor to the National Association of Secretaries of State? It's Facebook. <laughs> Facebook. No, it's <laughs> Facebook. And that's who. And so in Kansas, we got $2.3 million in the center for, from Center of Tech and Civic Life. Yep. It was the number one sponsor for the National Association of Secretaries of State. And then also Dominion and ESNS are big sponsors for it, too. So you have these major conflicts wow. of interest from people who have who are benefiting you know, from these electoral, um, you know, black boxes that they put around everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy to me how trusting and, you know, maybe it's, out, you know, it, it is certainly ignorance, but in many cases, it's also stupidity when you're talking about people just blindly trusting these companies or these institutions, you know, it is, oh, you know, suddenly in 2023, it's the government. So they must be telling us the truth. Oh, these multinational corporations that have a financial interest in ensuring that we take this shot or this pill, you know, of course, their word is tantamount to God's breath on my face. You know, I mean, it's absolutely the most ridiculous thing that I can possibly imagine. People are just not questioning things nowadays. But I mean, many people are. But the ones who aren't seem to be digging their heels in. Like if it comes from someone who identifies as a conservative, somebody who is a Trump supporter, God forbid Trump himself, then it's automatically disinformation and it, it just it can't be trusted. Well, and to your point, you know, Trump pushed the vaccine and I did not want to take it. My family didn't want to take it. My son was kicked out of the Marines for not wanting to take it, you know. And so it's okay to disagree with people that maybe you vote for politically, Mm -hmm. but there needs to be a reckoning on the people who don't listen at all. And I don't know where Trump stands these days on the vaccine. I don't know how much information he gets as far as the harm that it's caused. It seems like he stopped pushing it. Seems like he stopped pushing it. Yeah. Yeah, he did. There was a paradigm shift in COVID a few months ago where nobody's talking about it anymore. And now, you know, with what just happened with James O'Keefe at Project Veritas after exposing the directed evolution that Pfizer was conducting on the on the, uh, you know, the SARS virus or viruses in general to create vaccines. You know, it's kind of going back to what we were saying, you know, these companies, these for profit companies create these systems that create problems where then they sell the solutions. And it's the same thing with the with the voting machine companies like our contract that we have here in Johnson County completely precludes us from looking at the machines, fixing them. In fact, we have to pay one hundred and seventy four dollars an hour when something goes wrong with one of these machines and they're old Windows 10 computers. It's not like they're going to run uh, perfectly forever. They need maintenance. And we have to pay for that. So they, they build this flawed system and sell it as perfect and then make you pay to fix it. And then you can't inspect it. It's 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 genius on their part. but It's also diabolical. 
You know, there is some interesting statements that have come out of a recent lawsuit uh, that I believe was filed by Eric Coomer from Dominion, Mm -hmm. uh, talking about the unreliability and the general just terribleness of the Dominion product. Um, I I just I wonder if that might be something that would be uh, of interest to you guys, because are are you going to be in a position to perhaps um, be able to influence this contract ending or, uh, you know, holding them to account or changing the actual structure of it? Uh, I mean, what are your long term plans here with regard to these election machines? So we have an active investigation in Johnson County by our sheriff's department. It is ongoing and has been since at least August of 21, I believe, was its genesis. Okay. And I've been working, um, you know, supplementing their investigation with everything that I've been able to find. I've offered time and assistance where needed. And I know that they are working towards being able to examine our 2020 election materials, which were actually issued an injunction or stayed from being destroyed. So all of Johnson County's 2020 election materials are actually in a room being monitored by 24-7 surveillance until such time that our sheriff's department can get in there and subpoena those records and actually inspect them. Because so far, as you might expect, the mounting opposition from not only the Johnson County government, but also our secretary of state, who is a, quote, Republican, is very telling. Mm-hmm. Because you would think that if this system was as perfect as you say it is, they, they would be open arms saying, yeah, come in and look at it, right? If your books sure. are clean, then you'd have no problem with a forensic accountant taking a look. But if they're not, then you're going to come up with all the reasons why you can't see it. You know, I've heard everything from national security to cybersecurity to all kinds of reasons that I haven't been able to have my Kansas Open Record Act request fulfilled mm-hmm. by them. And it's interesting that they're putting up so much effort. I mean, they've they've done everything and they've screwed with our sheriff. You know, they tried to keep him from getting pay raises for his people. They've started examining his budget. I mean, they've really gone on offense against him to stop him from looking into what they're doing. And as I mentioned earlier in this in this conversation, we do have Connect, right? We do have Mm -hmm. Polchief. And that was that Eugene Yu guy that got arrested in L.A. County, uh, California. Mm -hmm. And. We have the same system here. And so Chinese Communist Party through third parties had super administrator privileges to Johnson County's electoral management system since 2017. Now, they're saying that the system was bifurcated from the rest of Johnson County's government. But we use Microsoft Microsoft Azure Cloud. Mm. Well, cloud-based systems cannot be bifurcated, especially from a superpower like China that has thousands of people who you know can hack our system at any, t- any given time. But they didn't have to. Mm-hmm. Right. They had super administrator passwords. They could get into Back the whole access <laughs> and see everything without oh. even having any opposition and then cover their tracks, too. That's yeah. the other thing that I think maybe the layman doesn't realize is that somebody with that type of um, military uh, cybersecurity power could do anything they wanted, even without password privileges from Johnson County to do so. And they were in there for seven years before anyone noticed. You know, a a state-level actor like that, I mean, just take a look at the information that's been released in the last 10 years, you know, whether it's the CIA's hacking tools, their ability to listen in and to exploit virtually every electronic system out there, or the same can be said for the NSA, okay? If the United States government, and those are the two agencies we know about, there are probably another several behind the scenes that we've never even heard the names of uh, that have the ability in a very sophisticated manner to hack in, listen to everything we're talking about, everything we're doing, you know, and just scooping it all up for future reference. Of course, 
a state level actor like China or the Chinese Communist Party is going to have the exact same thing. And when they essentially have a financial stake in every private company that is Chinese in origin and nature, uh, they're going to exploit that in whatever way they can for their military, uh, their political, uh, their scientific, their engineering desires, everything that they could possibly gather from any of those systems. You better believe that they're going to do it. So with regard to poll chief and Connick and Eugene Yu, has Johnston County at least severed their relationship with poll chief as many? No, they didn't. <laughs> no, they're still using it because according to them, it's just a database software. And so wow. that the, the idea that, that that software could somehow be a backdoor into other systems just doesn't, doesn't compute with them. They they've, they're still using it to this day despite the fact that there are obvious ties to the Chinese Communist proven demonstrably true that the Chinese Communist Party is in bed with Connect and has had access to our systems. And that's alarming. It's I mean, extremely, just, extremely, especially alarming. after what we just saw uh, in the Arizona testimony where the cartels oh, yes. have been laundering money through fake deeds and things like that. You know, that could be going on at scale all over this country. And, you know, if they, it took them four years to figure all that out. And they mm-hmm. said they, they were on that for three and a half to four years. And they were chasing that specific, you know, pulling on that specific thread to get that information. You know, how many other counties and other states is stuff like that going on? And you've got to wonder when you see these local officials, these state level officials pushing back so hard against this, you know, are they compromised? Do they have some skeletons in their closet? Are they taking money on the backside to, to keep their system in place? We don't know. Mm-hmm. And they won't cooperate. And and the good thing is to anybody watching this, especially in Kansas, is we do have an attorney general, Chris Kobach, now. It's a miracle that Chris won. You know, I think we, I don't know, if we haven't talked since our general election, but we had some anomalies here. So our governor, Derek Schmidt, the Republican candidate lost to Laura Kelly, who's a Democrat. And Kansas is very red. I mean, it's super red. It's like 75-25 when you look at the breakdown of, of, of registrations, but somehow she won. And she won 49 to 47. And then Chris Kobach won 51 to 49. But then you look at Scott Schwab, who is universally disliked by everybody in the Republican Party. He might have a few allies, but this guy who runs our elections, nobody likes him. He couldn't even do, he didn't, he couldn't even campaign. You know how Katie Hobbs campaigned for governor? That's how Scott Schwab <laughs> campaigned for secretary of state. He couldn't go into any rooms without being heckled out of the room because he's an obvious liar. And he doesn't have our best interests at heart. And so somehow, keep in mind, Chris Kobach, hardcore conservative, resonated with both the grassroots, uh, health freedom, Moms for Liberty, everybody backing him. He got 51. Then you go to Scott Schwab, who's universally disliked. He got 58% of the vote. Now, how's that possible? Yeah, doesn't seem very likely. No. And so this is the guy who's, you know, it's like Lennon said, it's not who... It's who counts the votes that matters. Yep. And this yep. is the guy that counts the votes. The same thing happened in Arizona with Katie Hobbs. And sure, call me a conspiracy theorist. I don't care. But let me let me put Scott Schwab in a room full of conservatives and have him start talking and see how long he can stand the heat in that room before he gets booed out of it. It won't be very long. <laughs> All right. So two years to implement the precinct strategy. What is on the agenda for the next two years? What are you guys working towards? So I'm really hoping that some stuff can come out of this investigation, because obviously that's going to be our 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 in to start kind of um, 
disassociating ourselves from the machines. Once we can prove that the machines are manipulatable, you know, kind of back to your point about what's the, what, what could state level actors do? Well, for anyone watching this, I don't know if you know this, but as part of the Help America Vote Act, every facet of the election system has to be certified, mm-hmm. not just the machines on which you vote, but also the power cords that you use for the machines on which you vote, mm-hmm. because they can be hacked. Like you said, the CIA Vault 7 file showed that the CIA does not need internet access to act access your TV. They can go through the power cord. Then they can turn your speaker into a microphone and listen to everything you're saying. Mm-hmm. That can, if, if they can do it, then so can China. And they can obviously access these machines. Now, now you're going to ask, well, how would they know where the machines are? Well, according to poll chief, our election management system also asks, is an asset management system. So all of the election machines, their serial numbers, the location that they're assigned for the election, the poll workers assigned to that location, everything is in that election management software. So they don't really have to try that hard to find these machines. Yeah. They know exactly where they are and the serial numbers to find them. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's but a, for, your, for your question on the two years, yeah. you know, I think from this point forward, it's going to be about tr- continually transforming the GOP back to conservatism and away from, you know, the neocon warmongering, you know, sacrifice our future for the present kind of mindset. You know, we're, we're, there's this recoil from that at a natural at a national and visceral level of conservatives. We, we hate that now. And, yeah. and, you know, 20 years ago, I was rah, 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 let's go invade Afghanistan because I didn't quite understand what was going on. And now I'm like, stop sending money to Ukraine. Yes. Stop escalating this war. You're killing people for no reason. Well, I think the reason is that people like Joe Biden, uh, the CIA, many other American politicians, they, they've used Ukraine for decades as a personal playground. You know, I mean, they can pretty much pick up whatever they want there. Ukraine is uh, the Eastern European hub of drug trafficking, human, women, child trafficking, uh, virtually uh, all forms of organized crime. And of course, it is a giant piggy bank. I am really excited about uh, the new House committee that is uh, seeking to audit all of the funds that are going to Ukraine. We need a full accounting of those hundreds of billions of dollars that have found their way over there, because I'd like to know how many of those dollars ended up back in the pockets of people like Joe Biden or, you know, anybody else that's currently leading this regime. All right. Or how many Americans have been audited for maybe a thousand dollars being off on their taxes or something simplistic like that for through a very simple mistake. Mm-hmm. But then we asked the Democrats to audit hundreds of billions of dollars to going to the Ukraine or Republicans. I, yeah. I hate saying that, but I mean, that's what it is. It's a uniparty thing. It's true. They don't want you to see it. It's like just like the machines. If everything is on the up and up, then you should have no problem with us taking a look. Exactly. I, I want to know how the sausage is made. If we can go in there and take a look and make sure there aren't, you know, putting nasty stuff in there or they aren't using it to uh, to hack in and, and control the results. But, you know, I, mean, I think it, they, they are, though. I mean, we, we've seen it time and time again. Uh, I mean, it's been demonstrated that these machines are not secure. And the easiest thing that we could possibly do would just be to end their use and go back to paper ballots on a single day. Count them, and then you'll know exactly what's going on. And, yeah. I mean, unless they can uh, – and I'm sure – I guess they could with mail-in ballots. But, you know, unless they could insert millions of paper ballots and have them all match up with living people who are registered to vote with a matching signature who also showed an ID, then I just – I don't see it. I, I think that 
we have to go back to the simplest possible form of voting here in America. Because again, yeah, Dr. That- Frank says vote Amish, right? Yeah. Seth Cashel has a 10 point plan. Has a 10 point plan. For any of your people who don't know Captain Seth Cashel, he's traveled around yeah. the country and done a lot of stuff for election integrity. But um, he's got a 10 point plan for improving the election systems, or at least having an election system that's that's uh, formidable against manipulation. And if you haven't seen that, go check that out. And that's pretty much kind of what I've aligned myself with, you know, like you said, and also smaller precincts. That was maybe something that that didn't get mentioned. That's super important because if you have a thousand people or less in a precinct, then you're going to know roughly how many votes and voters came in that day and things like that. But when you get in these mega precincts that wait till the last minute to report, and then all yep. of a sudden the vote flips to the other candidate, it raises suspicions. And our, our election system needs to be more like Krispy Kreme, where you can kind of see that donut yeah. from its, from its you know creation to the glaze, to the box, you can see it all. Whereas now you can't see any of that. You just get to consume the donut, not to see how it was made. That's right. Trust us. We swear it's good for you. All right. right. Thad, thank you so much for joining me again. I appreciate the update. You want to tell everybody where they can find you online? Um, I actually don't have like a big social media presence. Okay. I I just I, I try actually not to be on social media that much. I'll do any interviews with anybody that want me to, but I'm not promoting my own brand or anything like that. This is true. This is just truly me trying to affect change and not benefit from it outside of just the general benefit to everyone else. So right. I don't really have a social media presence. Okay, well, that is uh, re- refreshingly beautiful. Absolutely love it. You know, I know that I am putting out content on social media, but I do everything I can to stay offline when I'm not actively putting out the shows because it's just, I think it's better for you mentally, for your uh, your, your mental health. I see a well, lot of people- Well, I'm not maligning anybody who's doing what you're yes. doing. I think it's very important. I just would rather keep my life to my life and then I'll do the, I'll do the activism out in the open and, and we'll keep it there. All right, good stuff. Well, if you've got anything that you want me to share with the audience, you just let me know. Get in touch with me. You can send me a text, or uh, I'll, I'll be happy to help you push anything or announce any okay. events that you have coming up. So once again, thank you for being here, Thad. I really appreciate it. And to everyone at home, good luck and God bless. We'll see you tonight.